Hey, hey, everybody, what's going on? Welcome back or welcome to the School District Podcast. This is episode 94. We are creeping up on the 100th episode. And to be honest, I don't know who I'm going to have on. I don't know what I'm going to do. It's going to be different. It's going to be fun. And I'm excited to drop that episode. I think January 1st is actually the scheduled date. Every Saturday is when I drop a new episode. So January 1st of 2022 is going to be the 100th episode, which is is a cool uh, milestone in this podcast. You know what's interesting is I realized yesterday that I've been podcasting for 10 years. I created my first podcast 10 years ago when I was an elementary school principal on an app that I don't even know if it's around anymore. It was called Audio Boom. And we did interviews with kids. It was kind of like the way that I did my, I think I did it weekly or bi-weekly announcements. And it was fun. And we could embed the podcast episodes on our school website. So, um, hey, if you're new to the podcasting process, it's you just got to get started. I'm actually working on a longer form blog post that talks about why and how you should get started uh, with a podcast, why you should and how to start a podcast. Basically, uh, I've been podcasting for 10 years. It is such a great medium and platform to share your message. Hey, with that being said, I have been booking tons and tons of speaking for 2022, tons of mid-year professional development days. Every district calls them a little something different. Superintendents conference day. Also, I think today I got five inquiries about speaking in August of 2022, opening convocation kickoff for the entire school district. August is busy. I am going to book up. I'm going to be working every single day in August. So if your school district your county, your school, sometimes I work just with an individual school, is looking for a super inspiring, motivating, relevant, fun kickoff, just a keynote, half day, full day, whatever, I do it all, come back and do some coaching days. I do that all the time as well too. One, three, I've done some where I've gone back to school districts 30 times for coaching days, which is really, really fun. Hit me up directly. You can go to my website, mradamwelcome.com, go to speaking, contact me, or you can just email me directly, adamwelcome at gmail.com. I pride myself on responding within an hour. Usually it's within 30 minutes of getting that email. So we can talk about your event and your organization so we can create just the best day for your team. Today on the show, I am so excited about our guest Stephanie Jacobs is just an amazing, amazing educator. Do yourself a favor, follow Stephanie on Twitter. It's Miss MS Class and then the letter N session. I'm going to link it in the show notes as well. She's an instructional technology coach, lives in South Carolina. She's also an emerging leader with SCASCD. That's the uh, South Carolina affiliate of ASCD. It's kind of like ISTE. All states have their own ISTE affiliates. She is the uh, 2122 SCASD Emerging Leader. 
She is just a fun, amazing educator and human being. You're going to feel that from our conversation. I had so much fun talking with Stephanie. Uh, you know, I really like to keep these episodes around 25 to 30 minutes. Stephanie was one where I could have talked for at least an hour and a half, probably a couple hours. Um, I'm going to have to have her back on the show. Thank you for listening. If you really like the episode, if something resonates, hey, please share it with a colleague, your principal, your superintendent. You can just click copy link. Most people listen in Apple iTunes. Some people listen in Spotify. Just there's a little three, uh, three dots. Click it, copy link. You can email, you can text it, you can tweet it, you can put it on Facebook, whatever you want. I would appreciate the sharing if you feel so inclined. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, I hope that you're smiling. I hope that you're happy. And I hope that you enjoy this episode. Thank you for listening. Stephanie Jacobs, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, so am I. So this is another one of those episodes, everybody, that came out of that, I would say, I don't know, infamous, but like famous tweet that I was like, I put out, hey, I'm looking for an instructional coach. Does anybody have any recommendations? There's like 350 responses. If you are looking to connect with other instructional coaches, um, in addition to Stephanie, go to my Twitter and look for that tweet. And there's literally hundreds and hundreds of other instructional coaches um, out there. So Stephanie, you are technically an instructional technology coach, which is actually something that I did um, a long time ago, which is which was a fun, it was a really fun, fun job. Uh, you're yes. from South Carolina. You are, you are also an SCASD emerging leader, which is, yes. I'm guessing like the South Carolina affiliate for ASCD. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. Well, congratulations on that. That is awesome and super exciting. So um, Stephanie, for the people that don't know who you are, give us a little background, who you are, what you do, what you've done. And yeah, just kind of give us the, give us the details. Okay. So I am an educator and I have been in education for 23 years, believe it or not. And as, as an instructional coach, this is my fifth year. So I am I have had a lot of experiences, mainly elementary. This year, as an instructional technology coach, I am working at an intermediate school, so it is fifth and sixth. Um, I've also worked part-time at the college level as an ad adjunct instructor with reading. So nice. I love education. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you on that. Um, everybody right now, too, if you're driving, do this when you stop. But if you can multitask, go to Twitter make sure you're following Stephanie. It's at Miss MS class. And then the letter N session, Miss class N session. Um, I'll, I'll put it in the show notes as well too. But um, Stephanie's a prolific tweeter. You have been for a while. So uh, you put out great stuff. Make sure you do that. So um, tell us what it's like to be an instructional technology coach. Like what is your what is your day to day? And I leave it kind of simple and broad like that because I talk to so many instructional coaches and principals and the, the setup is so different everywhere you go. And I like it. I like just leading with that question because then people can think, oh, maybe I can shift how I use myself or a superintendent could kind of think differently about how to utilize coaches in their school. So just tell us, what do you do on a daily basis and what does that all look like? 
I think most coaches will agree that no day is the same. Every day is different. And for me, that was kind of the draw for being an instructional coach. I like problem solving. I like sharing information. As you said, I'm always on Twitter. I'm always connecting with other educators. And so when I get a great idea, I love to share that with my staff. I love to share it with students. Um, if anyone has ever worked with me as an instructional coach, I like to steal your students. <laughs> so I am the coach who is like, hey, do you want 30 minutes free? I will come and teach your class how to code or do a coding lesson. Uh, and that is another reason that I really wanted to do instructional technology coaching is because I had a passion for computer science and coding, which if you're in elementary, it's something that you really don't see a lot at the elementary level. And if you're at the higher level, you know that in order for students to really get involved in it and be good at it, they need to start there because if they're starting when they get in high school, they're already kind of behind. So with an instructional technology coach, um, this year I'm adding math to my plate. And so I get to work with teachers in their classrooms and support them in any way that they need. And this year, especially, that is super important because we all need an extra set of hands. And it looks a little different this year because everybody's just tired, exhausted. And so it may not even be math or technology focused. I'm subbing right now. And so whatever way I can help, that's, that's mainly what I'm doing. Yeah, no, I love it. Um, I, I want to know, you said let me steal your class. And I, I love that. No, I love that level of support. And I also think too, like from a coaching standpoint and where do, what is the balance of not doing it for teachers? And you understand, I can see your head shaking, you know where I'm going with this, but not doing it for teachers, but supporting them enough to get started because I know I was a director of innovation for a large school district and I had coaches we called them teachers on special assignment but coaches on 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 my team and, and I would I would always tell them hey work yourself out of a job yes. not like the full job but just what you're doing right now and then like you know show them and then check in and let go let go let go a little bit so what what does that look like and what is the balance for that because we can't be enabling teachers. And I, I'm not saying that coaches are, but how can we, how, we want them to be doing it when we're not there. So right. what does that process look like uh, for you going into your, your, your fifth year as a coach? And it's funny that you said that because as I was driving home, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, what am I going to talk about? <laughs> and so <laughs> that was one of the thoughts that I had as an instructional coach. I really even though I want to support teachers, I really want them to be able to do the job without me there. So if there's something that you need support with, I want to be able to support you in a way where it's still hands-on for you so that the next time it comes up, you can do it. Or the next time it comes up for the teacher across the hall, you can say, hey, Stephanie taught me this. Let me show you how to do it. So I, I really agree that, you know, I really want teachers to be able to you know, do those things on their own. And with technology, it can be a little intimidating. And I know that. And I tell teachers all the time, like with technology, 
sometimes when I come in, I don't even know what the problem is or how I'm going to fix it. I just try something. And so if you just try something, I promise you will not break it. And if you do, then you call me and we'll just get you another one. And so I really want people to understand that being a coach, it's really not even about knowing everything. It's just about being willing to do it, being willing to try it out. And so I really want to not only instill that in teachers, but also instill that in their students as well. You know, it's okay to try. It's okay to fail. Sometimes when we're dealing with technology, you might even mess it up. And that's okay because you can't break it. If you mess it up, we come in, we fix it, we clean it up, and then we move on to the next thing. So I really always want independent teachers and independent students. That's my goal is to make everybody comfortable at a space where they can be independent with it. Yeah, I think that's so important. Showing the people that you're working with your own vulnerability, because I mean, nobody knows it all. And with everything changing so fast every day, you can't and just showing people that they can actually just Google it. And at least and and at least get started. And I used to always tell people too, like, ask your students. I mean, oh, yes. <laughs> not a sign of, again, like, oh, I don't know it all. Or what we used to do, I would teach one, we would teach one person and then somebody else would call and they'd be like, oh, hey, call Jamie. Jamie knows, like right next door. Because <laughs> then you're empowering them mm-hmm. to hopefully call me. Like you said, if you really need it, if it's like, hey, we've exhausted all we can here. But um, but from that standpoint too, of, of really empowering people to, to just at least get started. And then like the next level, next level, that's where I think you can get even better. What is the best part of your job? And what is the most challenging part of your job? I will say the best part of my job is getting to work with students. Um, I actually had this conversation with someone, actually, um, uh, we did a little book club and all of us in the book club, we are coaches. And so we were talking about how, you know, sometimes we just kind of go in and I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> All right. Tell me your question again. Oh, the best part, the best part. Best part and most challenging. Yeah. Yes. Best part and most challenging that we love working with students. And, you know, when we were in the classroom, we only had this one group of students. And so being an instructional coach, you get to have influence on more than just that one class. So essentially the whole school, um, you can influence the entire school. And that's the best part. And the most challenging part is sometimes just not, you know, not knowing, you know, people depend on you and they look to you to know certain things. And so as a coach, sometimes it can be frustrating if you know there's a teacher that has this issue and it's really causing them some type of problem and you, and there's a fix, but it's, you know, a little beyond me. And so they're coming to me for an answer and I may not necessarily have it. I may not necessarily be the one that they need for that, but I know that they need something or need somebody. So sometimes just, you know, when you can't, be when you can't give that answer, you can't give that fix right away. You know, it, it, it hurts a little bit and you feel bad and, you know, you want to be there for teachers and you don't want them to walk away feeling like, 
you know, they're taking their problem back with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You were supposed to help me and you didn't like, well, yes. no, yes. I mean, it's not about that, but maybe that wasn't the right thing to do. And maybe that's the sign that you need to adjust it or try something else. Um, you know, I mean, it's just, it's a process and no, nobody has all the answers. I love what you said though, about helping and supporting more than just your class. It's helping right. an entire school. And I, I used to always tell people, people, you know, I became a principal and people say, Oh, aren't you going to miss being with the kids? And I'd say, you know, I'm still a teacher. I just have, I have different students. I mean, even in, in my work now as a speaker and a consultant all over the country, I have more students. Yeah. I mean, it looks a little bit differently than like a typical classroom environment, but um, it's all how you approach the job and it's all, all what you make of it. Stephanie, how do you, how do you bridge the gap or the conversation between teachers and leadership? Um, and I, I, I'm going to project that this is maybe one of the most challenging parts of a coach. You got to have that relationship with the teachers and that confidentiality. And then also you're working, I'm guessing you're on the, on the leadership team with the principal and assistant principal or Dean or however it's worked up. And they're meeting with you and talking about teachers and whatever the math or the ed tech that you're rolling out. And maybe if a teacher is not doing what they're supposed to be and you're going through a coaching cycle and then the principal's involved, like, how do you manage all that um, with obviously keeping an allegiance and a confidentiality to the teachers, keeping an allegiance and a confidentiality to your principal? It's kind of like that tweener spot where right. you're, you're in the middle and I'm sure it's challenging. Do you have any, uh, you have any tips, have any advice for people out there or just what has been your experience with that? Uh, if I had to give some advice, I would say, just be honest. And I think when you're working with teachers, especially if, you, if you're working with a teacher and there is an administrator that's involved because they have to be involved, then let them know that if there's something that's happening and you have to share it with the principal, you know, let the teacher know that, you know, this is something that, you know, you do have to share so that, you know, they have just a heads up. But on the coaching end, I always want teachers to know that I am there to support you. So if there is something that you are struggling with, I am the person to tell so that we can work through it together so that when an administrator does happen to come in or does need to come in, you've already built up that support. And you can say, hey, I recognize this as a trouble spot, but I've been working with Stephanie on it. So they can at least say there has been some effort on your part which is typically what your administrator is looking for. I mean, in education, none of us really are looking to kind of get each other. If, if they see that you are working with someone to get the help that you need, sometimes that's all that, you know, they can ask of you at the time, because like we've mentioned before, nobody is perfect. Yeah. 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 No, hundred percent. Do you have a book that you recommend that instructional coaches read I know because to become a teacher, you have to go get your credential. To become a principal, you need to get some kind of admin, licensure, admin credential. But to be an instructional coach, I'm guessing you just need to crush it in the classroom and then want to do something different. But then once you get to that point, I mean, like, there's no, like, what training or resource? I know Elena Aguilar has a great book, I think, The Art of Instructional Coaching. But if people are looking to read, get more resources, Twitter chats, I don't know, blogs, what do you, YouTube channels, anything, what do you recommend to people out there 
um, that want to get into instructional coaching are in it or maybe have been in it and they want to kind of get some more breadth and depth in that? What do you uh, what do you recommend? I know, like for me, um, as a technology coach, I do a lot of different webinars. Of course, I, you know, Twitter and all that. But with um, Matt Miller and Ditch Summit, that has been huge for me because it gives me a lot of different resources. And I think if you are a teacher and or even as an instructional coach, sometimes I take those resources and that's what I share with teachers. And a lot of that is ready to go. And as a coach, you're looking for things that you can provide for teachers that is less work on their on their end. And as a teacher, you're looking for things that you can implement the next day. And so that has been kind of like my go to. And I've also been involved like with some um, Facebook groups where, you know, it, it's mainly centered around instructional coaches. Um, I think her name is. Um, Oh, Nicole, I can't remember her last name. Turner is in my head. But um, her um, her Facebook group has, has been helpful because it gives you the opportunity to reach out to other, other coaches. I actually did something this year, which was Cupcakes with Coach, which mm-hmm. was an idea that I got, you know, you know from this, this group. So when I had, this was a new school for me, new school, new grade level. And so when we did Cupcakes with Coach, it was an informal way for me to introduce myself to the staff so they knew what my role was. But it also gave me some information about them as well, how they felt about coaching, anything that they wanted more help with, which everything was positive. And I, you know, kind of asked them, you know, like, what's their favorite snacks? And so throughout the year, I just kind of surprised them with a little basket with their favorite snacks in it. But those are just some ways that I've gotten some some different ideas. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. Matt Miller is a, is a good friend of mine. I'm going to text him after the show and say, <laughs> Stephanie Jacobs was talking about you on the podcast. Yes. And I would say, too, hey, at the very least, go to Twitter and just type in instructional coach. Yes. Like you could type in third grade teacher or principal mm-hmm. or high school physics click on people, and then you're going to get a whole mess of people to just connect with it. You can even do like ed tech coaching or hashtag ed tech. There's so many different things. I love your idea about cupcakes with coach and coaches that are listening, people that are listening, that right there is step one in just building relationships with people. Yes. Because I know I used to tell my team, go to schools at lunchtime, sit in the staff room and just eat lunch don't talk about Google Classroom and don't talk about coding. Talk about your favorite brownie recipe or salad dressing or whatever. Just start to build those relationships with people because I don't think it's, teachers don't necessarily not want a coach in their classroom, but teachers' classrooms is like, this is my space. This is, Mm -hmm. everybody's a little bit different. Everybody rolls a little bit different, but for some people it takes you, it takes them to just, build a relationship, see that you're there for the right reasons, not like, why do they want to be in my classroom? And did the principal send them in? I mean, you know, people get, people can go to a certain place. So if it's cupcakes, if it's lunch, if it's coffee, if it's donuts, whatever it is, um, start with that. Don't, don't take a teacher that has not done anything with Google Classroom and say, can I show you Google Classroom? Right. That might be too much. It's like on the first date, you know, like (laughs) 
asking too many questions to somebody. You gotta, you gotta get to know people. You gotta come in a little bit slower. I think the, I think that's important. What do you do for for a teacher, Stephanie, that hasn't asked you to come and work with them? I mean, is at that point you have twenty teachers and. 18 have invited you in and you're doing a coaching cycle or a lesson or whatever we want to call it. And you have two that just haven't, I mean, at what point do like the cupcakes, they haven't worked, you know, the little note in the box hasn't worked at at, at some point, do you go to the site principal and say, Hey, this is where I am with these teachers. I mean, like, what would you do uh, in that situation? So far um, what I found is, like if the principal has not specifically sent me in there, we've been encouraged as coaches to mainly focus our energy and attention on those teachers who are open to coaching to start there and then let our work kind of spread throughout the building. And so that is kind of what I do. You know, I do hold PLC meetings. So I get to see everybody. I do get to speak with everybody. And that's also where I find it interesting to have those opportunities where one of my big, big favorites is Hour of Code. And so usually when Hour of Code comes around, I plan something that is school-wide. And it's something that either the teachers can do for themselves, but most of the time I like for it to be something where it involves me in some type of way, me coming into their classrooms to work with their students or me as a rotation. And so we may be doing something school-wide and the students rotate through different areas. And one of those areas is to come see me and we do some coding. And a lot of times when I open up things like that, then I get more buy-in from teachers. And once I, one thing that I found is if I can get the students hooked and they can start asking their teacher, hey, there's this website that Ms. Jacobs showed us. Can we get on that? Can we use that? And I usually make all of my websites educational. And so the students where you can kind of veer them off of a game and put them on something where they're learning without learning, those are things that draw teachers in as well. And so that's typically how I try to get to those teachers who may not want to sit down with me formally and do like a formal coaching cycle, but I can still kind of influence their classroom in some way, shape, or form, get my foot in the door. I've even done like a read aloud. Hey, mm-hmm. can I come and, you know, read a book to your class? Just something simple to get me in the door. So they do start to see and know that I'm there to support them. I'm there, you know, to be, again, an extra set of hands for them. I could not agree more on the hour of code. I think every student in this country should be learning how to code. Steve Jobs said it well. It's because it teaches you how to think. And with coding, you don't need to know how to code to teach kids how to code. You need to know how to facilitate the learning of coding. Exactly. Yeah. So I think in that sense, you're, you're somewhat bypassing the teachers and you're going right to the students and then the kids are going to go at home and they're going to code more. And then inevitably it's going to come back to the class and the kids are going to say, Hey, can we do coding a class? And the teacher is going to, it's going to, it's going to evolve that way. I would also say too, if you're a coach and you're having challenges or anybody, um, genius hour is just a great, another great activity. If you don't know what genius hour is, go to edutopia.org. 
type in Genius Hour. You can go to YouTube and type in Genius Hour. John Spencer has two great videos, one that you show students and then one that the adults watch to kind of explain it. That's another kind of like flanking end around maneuver with people sometimes because you don't have to do a technology-based genius hour, but a lot of kids do. It's it's really it's really awesome. And it's it's just the language that they speak in this world that we live in in 2021. Stephanie, part of this podcast is amplifying the voices of my guests. So I'm just gonna pass the microphone over to you. What would you like to say to all the people that listen to this podcast? I would like to say that we've talked a lot about coding. So if you have not tried coding with students, I recommend that you take just a few minutes, maybe like on a Friday afternoon and get students involved. You can go to code.org, activities that are already planned. Some, if you have younger kids, I have done this with students as young as pre-K and we've used Codable. Um, and you can have students get on there and learn coding, and you would be surprised how much they learned. I started coding with Scratch Junior, which is an app, and I taught myself how to kind of make the sun rise and set, and that was all that I knew, and then I had it as a center for my students, and when they started making things pop up, and these are first graders, signs pop up, people appear and disappear I started asking them questions and so they taught me about coding and got me excited about it so that I then went and took a class on computer science so that I could could integrate that into my instructional coaching and so if you have not tried it I would suggest that you try it let your kids do it and you again you do not have to be an expert you can just lead them to the website the rest is done for you it just sit back and watch and learn with your students give them the opportunity to show you what they already know stephanie you are speaking my language <laughs> code.org and coding is device agnostic you can use any device hey teachers code.org actually pays teachers to learn about code.org in the summertime, go to code.org. There's videos. They have a great YouTube channel. There's so much PD, so many resources, hour of code. You know, I mean, I'm going to layer on this. Teachers, if you've never done coding, you can code with your class the first day for like 10 minutes. Yes. I mean, we're not talking, don't do it for an hour. Don't right. do it for an hour and a half. Do it for, do it for 10 minutes and just get them a little bit, wet their whistle. And then in two days, do it for 10 or 12 or 15 minutes because some kids, they're going to go home at night and they're going to go code for an hour and a half. And then on the back end of code.org, you can see who did that. So then you empower them as the helper. If other kids have questions or other teachers down the hall or across the school, send those kids to be like the coding helpers or whatever. And that's how it just spreads and spreads and spreads. I could not agree more. Everybody, please do yourself a favor. Follow Stephanie at Miss Class N, the letter N session, just how it sounds. It's going to be linked in the show notes. Stephanie is an instructional technology coach in South Carolina and an SCASD emerging leader. I know that we are going to hear a lot more from Stephanie. Follow her on Twitter. Get connected. Stephanie, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Everybody listening, thanks for all you do. And I hope that you have an absolutely amazing day.